Thanks for tuning in to this presentation of The Path Forward. This is Daniel Workman. I am joined by Chris Kessel of West Virginia Soccer Association. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great this evening. Thanks for having me. So we are going to talk through and look at the path forward for U.S. soccer. And, you know, one of the things we can look at is how the rest of the world operates leagues. Most leagues around the world, especially in Europe, operate using a fall to spring calendar. And some of the benefits of that is you have full participation in the summer transfer window. You have a natural break whenever you have some major FIFA or Confederation competitions. Um, you know, American youth soccer is already following the schedule, uh, which is something I think is often forgotten in this whole conversation. And it, it also provides, you know, an opportunity for sig signature finals um, in the spring when there's not a lot of competition. I, I think that the, the point that you just made about youth soccer already following that schedule is something you said not often discussed. I don't think it's ever discussed. You know, that is the schedule that your red, that is your registration year. If you're a youth player, you know, that is the, the calendar that you follow. That is the calendar that U S club soccer, U S youth soccer, everybody uses for their national championship series. It is the calendar for soccer in this country, except for adult professional adult soccer, because really amateur leagues all across this country that play full year and split year calendars already follow that calendar. Right. And one of the things that is often missed on a fall to spring calendar is you'll, you'll hear excuses about weather, but, you can really look back to Europe and study what what happens in in countries that are way up north, Scandinavian countries. They typically start sooner. So they'll start, you know, 1st of July. They'll take a longer extended winter break. Then they'll come back in the spring and they'll finish, you know, in middle to end of May. And then they, they have their June, you know, kind of preseason off. Uh, like the rest of the world where that major, you know, summer transfer window is, is taking place. So you can do the same thing in America. We have such a diverse um, geography and in, in, you know, extremes in terms of weather. Um, you know, so it's, it's real easy to say, well, we should play spring to fall because, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, minus 20 in Minnesota in December, well, that's fine, but you know what? It's going to be 100 degrees in New Orleans in July, and if you come down to New Orleans with 100 degrees in July, you're going to feel like you just drowned because the humidity is at like nearly 100%. So it's better for those teams in the south, rather than playing in a July, to start their seasons a little bit later, maybe August, maybe 1st of September, take a shorter break over the winter and then come right back and finish out, you know, beginning, middle, end of May, and then have their extended break um, in the, in the summer months. And the only time where this really comes into um, a scheduling issue is not when you're looking at regional play, 
it's really on a national level. But it's so simple to work around that from a national level because if you have uh, a team in Miami and a team in New York, just schedule the winter meeting in Miami and in the, the, you know, hot spring or hot fall meeting, you know, up in New York. And, and you can easily work around that when you're looking at it from a national perspective. So I think some common sense here when we're looking at a fall to spring calendar is, is essential. And, you know, if, if the rest of the world is able to pull this off, it, we can do it too. It's, it's, it's not a matter of capability. It's a matter of common sense. And to me, you know, willpower and getting into alignment, not only with the FIFA calendar dates where the breaks are, but also the transfer windows and just getting into alignment with, you know, the way soccer works, especially in the Northern hemisphere uh, starting, you know, around August, September and running through May. It also brings some validation to our leagues uh, that they are attempting to play the world's game uh, on the world's rules. Um, and in the same way, uh, ho- hopefully that, you know, kind of makes um, sense. And, you know, when you're looking at these clubs and, and their calendar, um, th- their competitions are, you know, very intense. Um, you're talking about league play, you're talking about tournaments, you're talking about cup competitions and everything matters. Merit is a priority. So every game matters. Your standings matter. Your payouts at the end of the season for, from um, sponsor and TV revenues, um, they're, they're usually based in some part due to your finish in the table. Um, so everything is on the line. Uh, and everything is attached to some version of evaluation whether that is, you know, a, a round by round in the FA Cup and you get a payout every round that you are in, whether that's winning a tournament and you get a payout for that. Um, you know, the, one of the things that's often talked about in the Premier League is finishing in the top four because then you get access to the UEFA Champions League money. And so all of these things make these matches matter um, and, and it's not a situation where, you, you know, you're, you're looking at a domestic league setup like Major League Soccer where you have a regular season. And if you make the postseason, great. If you don't, eh, it's okay. We'll, we'll do something next year. And if you get in the playoffs, does it really matter? Not really. And so getting to a place where the U.S. system is based on merit and meaningful competition is essential to raising our standards of play, to raising our standards of experience and development. And, you know, ultimately is based on this concept by FIFA of sporting merit. 